Hello, I'm Paula Fanous and welcome to Formidables, a podcast series speaking from the heart of Western Sydney. In this podcast, I'll introduce you to amazing artists, young and old, who share with us about their creative careers. We are broadcasting from Darug country, so we pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. How are we today? Good, man. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So uh, to begin with, we're going to do a little little activity called What's Your Name? What's Your Game? So could I get everyone to just say their name and uh, their major hip-hop style or styles? So we can start with Nick and, and go from there. Okay. Uh, my name's Nick Power. Uh, I'm a b-boy. Um, that's my game, yeah. So dance, yeah, b-boy. Yeah, I'm a co- choreographer Ellis. as well. That's my other game. <laughs> awesome. Uh, my name is Alice. I go by the name of Aris. Um, my my game is kind of like dancing and recently a little bit more DJing as well. Really cool. Yeah. What's up? I'm Poppin' Jack. Uh, predominantly, I'm a popping teacher, but I also run events and um, yeah, dabble with different dance styles. I do a bit of um, Indonesian dancing as well and performing and yeah choreographing all of the above yeah so what a wonderful crew so uh next question is uh how did you come up with your creative monikers and how did they stick nick you can take the lead every okay time. cool i don't know man that's a little formulaic <laughs> <laughs> um He's i guess a poet, um, man yeah that's it well i guess um uh mine is my name so i'm lucky enough to have a last name as power my brother has even a better name his name is will power that's actually his name so that's awesome yeah so so uh, i don't have a moniker i used to go by b-boy rely and um and that was just given to me by my crew because i used to like do all the stuff that you're supposed to do with my crew my crew's gravity warriors and so i would like organize the stuff a lot so so yeah that that was my my b-boy name for a long time and and now it's called by my normal name wow so nick powers the whole way through born and raised yeah that's it yeah that's, that's awesome um yeah i guess i'll go next um for me it was more so like a joke just play around with friends and it's just kind of like talking to each other in like a very cute way it's like oh aries kind of thing so that's kind of how it came about uh it also for me it's a little bit more uh uh, non-binary in terms of naming um, just because Alice is a very everyone calls it like a very feminine name so it was kind of suits my kind of personality and persona a little bit more and then yeah our crew name Buyakasha that also was just a play of a song that we we're doing we just couldn't figure out what we wanted to call ourselves but it's like a strong impactful kind of uh, word when you say Buyakasha it's like a really like in your face kind of feel so that's kind of what we went with so a lot of things that we came up with is just yeah just having fun just being friends and just yeah, yeah being weird all around as well yeah. <laughs> love the name jack yeah all right cool so um i always wanted a cool name i always wanted a really dope dance name i was like oh, i'm gonna have the best dance name and then it turned out to just be poppin jack which i i still don't like but like my teacher because uh, like i learned from like nacho pop and then he had like Nacho Pop, that's such a strange name, whatever. And he would just call me Pop and Jizak, or he would just say that sometimes. And I was like, well, I'm not going to put Jizak all the time in there. No. So no. I just put Pop and Jack. But over the time, yeah. I played with like Casanova Boogs because there was a Romeo Pop. So I'll be like, I'll be the Casanova Boogs. But I didn't really work out. I was like over that. 
And then That's the crew name Stale Biscuits, I always wanted a dope name, but when my friend and I were making it, we were crap and we knew we were crap. So we weren't going to be like the this, that, the blah, 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 blah. I was like, he was like Stale Biscuits. I was like, whatever, man, let's just do it. Yeah. Any name's fine, let's just rep it. Yeah, I reckon at this point you're Crispy Biscuits for sure. <laughs> Maybe it was stale to begin with, but uh, really, really, um, I've I've seen all your performances and they're all uh, excellent. So, so you three collaborated on Happy Hour Number Eleven, the Street Elite Edition. Really cool name. We might take that one. And Nick, you curated that, and now you're all here on this podcast together. So, tell me about that initial meeting, that initial creative experience. What was that like? Um. I guess uh, I, I, I've known um, both Alice and Jack for a while, just uh, being a part of the community. And so um, really it was um, a continuation of many things that I've done as a running events or, or curating events. And um, uh, I, done, I, I, I did one recently, like late last year, uh, that was at 107 Project. And that gave a platform to a bunch of hip hop artists to, to create short works and and so uh, I, I was re- I really enjoyed that and I, I definitely have my eye on um, on on stale biscuits and Alice and Buyukasha to to um, give them a, a, the opportunity to create a short work so so for me it was a bit of a no-brainer because I've been thinking about uh, wanting to to work with both of, of those crews and um, yeah so that's really how it was I just uh, member of community you know who's making noise you know who's representing and and I'm, i've always been you know like trying to give the community a platform if i can and be a contributor in that way so yeah that's really how it came about i really i really like that idea of of as an artist you kind of find your stage find your voice and then you provide uh stages and microphones for other artists that's a really cool uh cool way that mentorship mentor mentorship plays into great artistry that's good to hear so jack and alice what was that uh curated creative experience like for you two yeah it was great um i mean it was great to just get together with the guys after a long time being kind of locked down and get together and work on something new something fresh and then having nick come in and give his two cents on what he thinks could be changed that helped out a lot that was great and um yeah just performing it and it was um it was a good experience because like the depth of the stage so we got to really it wasn't just like this square it was really nice and long so we could really play around and um it was a really really good experience and I, I liked being able to watch the other groups and it wasn't so many groups it was just us we had the night to ourselves and we performed a fairly long piece all together like 10 minutes 10 minutes 10 minutes sort of thing and it was in and out but it was really really nice mm. yeah um, I think for myself and Buyukusha, it was because um, we hardly kind of get together because we are separated because we have uh, like Jasmine and Brooke who are based in Wollongong and you have Detch who's based up north as well and then everyone else kind of spread around Sydney. So uh, for us, it's always been a hard time to even just collaborate and get something together. So for us, it was the the hardest part, honestly, was just scheduling our rehearsals that was <laughs> everything else kind of came very smoothly. Uh, we've all worked together a lot. And the fact is that we wanted to play around with everyone's perception of us because <clears throat> usually we we do present quite a kind of strong front, you know, providing female empowerment and making sure that we represent correctly. And so this time we wanted to break down that a little bit more and kind of show that dynamic and 
yeah, of, you know, of being a female, you can have like your strong points, but you also have funny side and like all these other kind of little tidbits in between. So it was really great for us to actually come in and have some fun on stage rather than just like, oh yeah, we're a cool hip hop crew kind of thing. So yeah, breaking everything down and, you know, having that overall great experience and showing everyone our different sides of us was just, yeah, it was really cool. So thank you, Nick, for allowing us to do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd love to hear a little bit more about the the breaking down of those boxes because in reading your bios, I realize it's very easy, at least from an industry level, to to pigeonhole you in terms of you know Indonesian Australian dance, you know B girl, and also Nick as you know being European and engaging with hip hop. I think it would be very easy to stereotype, but all of you are very complex artists with unique voices, and among you, you've got about half a century worth of, of dance. And so talk to me about what that's like, kind of defining yourself as an artist and trying to separate that from the obvious uh, markers of, you know, gender and race and things like that. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, for me, um, uh, hip-hop's, hip-hop's that great, um, uh, is, is uh, you know, like that, that's, that, that's our foundation. So we all, you know, understand um, each other culturally through hip hop, we, we understand that culture and, and, and really that's, um, that gives us our creative platform and our voice and, um, and also our opportunity to, to express who we are and where we're from. And that's always what hip hop's been about, I think. And so, and skills and all those things. So yeah, for me, it's, um, that, that's really where it is, you know, my love for hip hop and my understanding and also uh, for the community, like com the, the community is really important and strong in hip hop and really supportive. And I think Sydney has a really great um, legacy for that. And and so really that, that that that's where my identity as an artist lies as a B-boy and um and and yeah and a choreographer but always coming from a hip-hop perspective because that 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 grounds it all in 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 um and and let's just say what we want to say but without sort of i guess sometimes when you when i've seen dancers and someone take it to a theater sometimes they leave hip-hop behind because they think they need to conform to this idea of what a theater show should be but for me um i i always think well well, let them come to us, you know, like I make decisions around them experiencing hip hop culture um, rather than us trying to make sort of a contemporary dance show that's going to appease, you know, like a theater when actually I think what the pandas want to see is hip hop, but, you know, maybe taken to, you know, like um, what, what Alice was saying about unpacking some of those boxes and being able to, to, to express it in a new way. So, yeah, I think that, that that's where it comes from, that, that cultural understanding and foundation of hip-hop and, and from that we can represent who we are. I think Nick summed it up perfectly. Thank you so much, Nick. Yeah. Um, I just want to add on top of that as well is, um, yes, we, we all kind of come from this hip-hop culture and that's like a very strong part of all of us in terms of we take it both, you know, during with our dance and with our, how we carry ourselves throughout life um, as well. I think even even ourselves, we kind of have boxed ourselves in in terms of this hip hop culture and what it is. Like we haven't really looked out of it for quite a while. You know, Nick, for for me, in my perspective, Nick is one of the forefronts of pushing that, um, especially in Australia, into that realm of you know theater and other kind of choreograph uh, choreographic projects. And I think is like now that's kind of opening um, a lot of our eyes into what is possible and what and where we can take our dance as well. I think as as dancers, as street dancers particularly, 
we're all about the cipher, we're all about the battles, we're about the community. And we've never really th- thought about, you know, kind of going into that, you know, that realm of, you know, being professional dancers and getting into these um, stages and performances. So I think it's like, for me, I feel like there's a really big change coming through uh, where all of us are like, okay, we can we can get into this space. We know we can do it. Uh, we just never had the kind of thought process to get in there. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a really, really cool way of thinking about it. Hip hop as like a, a universal unifier that's something like a bigger club that you can belong to. So speaking more about hip hop, um, what is hip hop? Because I know that it kind of expands. You can view it as rap and then you can view it as fashion. You can view it as dance and DJing and it just gets bigger and bigger. So what is hip hop? And what is the role of a B-boy uh, or B-girl within hip-hop? Well, I think, you know, I think what you're saying is like it's an entanglement of so many things, but like that it's all hip-hop, you know what I mean? It's not just like this, you can't always just pick and choose like I like this part, although it might be like I'm a B-boy, but I don't like graph and I don't like this. Usually there is that it all embodies it together, not like I just like rap and whatever. But for me, hip hop is really appreciating all the elements, and like if you know if there's some sort of event going on that's like a beatbox event or just a DJing event or whatever, you appreciate that and you want to support that because it's still part of the family. You know what I mean? It's not just like I I I think before in Sydney, from my perspective anyway, it used to be a lot more together, and then as time's gone around, it was like this is a dance event, this is a DJ event. This is, you know, this event, beatboxing event. Where before it was like, this is like a hip-hop jam and everything's going down. You've got cardboard over there. For me, anyway, hip-hop is really appreciating all the elements and looking into it like you might see on, like, YouTube, this random fashion documentary that goes into hip-hop and it tells you about all, like, you know, um, these designers who came from this person and this and influenced that. And, yeah, I don't know. There's just so many things. And I don't like too much when it gets just like, oh, that's this and that's that rather than it being like appreciating it all like you even said there was like this fashion is this yeah it's all hip-hop it's dope yeah it is what it is In a way, you can even view hip hop as um, an attitude or a mindset that you can, or a style that you can apply to all of those different uh, things. Even even your life, like you said, hip hop can be a lifestyle. So, uh, Nick, you've been in the Australian hip hop scene for a very long time. So, I'd love to hear how it's uh, evolved since you began to today. What have been the big shifts that have happened in the Australian scene? Actually, interesting, um, Jack, talking about that, because that's one of the shifts that I've noticed as well about going to a jam where you go to a jam, there'd be all these graph writers, there'd be B-boys, you'd be there to see a hip-hop act, and and it was a little bit more like one community, and now it's a little bit more fragmented, but still appreciative, I think, the pe- people still like Jack was saying, you know, like I'm, I'm a breaker, but you know, like I, I love graph and, um, and, and of course hip hop, we dance to hip hop. I, I think, um, changes is, is also, it has also been good. Like, um, 
you know, like the, the scene is huge. Man, when I started, there was like 10 breakers that took it seriously in Australia, <laughs> you know, like they were actually trading and taking it seriously. And so now to see it over the years blossom into this really strong scene and also um, kind of the street dance scene really coming up and being, a, a, you know, a really strong element of, of, of hip hop culture in Australia. Um, yeah, I guess that's the, you know, the, the, there's a bigger mass there's also, it's become more international. Like, um, I think the change was when I started, I, you could just watch a breaker and you knew they were from Brisbane. You're like, that dude's from Brisbane or that dude's from Sydney or, or whatever it is because it was so local. We, we used to just get videotapes and try and like go, oh, wow, that's what's happening over in Europe. Or it's this guy High Five who was a b-boy in Perth would send me a videotape about what they're doing. And then I'd dub it and, you know, like, that's how we got it. And now it's... um you know, a worldwide thing. So people get better quick and um, get better quicker, but also it's it's kind of like worldwide trends about battles and how to win and, um, you know, what's in now and all that. Whereas before it was a little bit more local locality and, you know, you're kind of going from the original crews and then you, you, you join a crew maybe or start your own, but it'd always be influenced by that certain scene that you came up in. So that's a difference as well. The fragmenting, but also it's sort of fragmented and grown. Um, I used to do it, run a, run a um, jam called Platform. And one of the things about that was, were, it was a little bit of a reaction to that fragmenting. And it was about getting everyone in the same place. Like I had a graph comp, I had um, breaking comps and all these different things. And it's about bringing the culture back together, not to necessarily say this is how it should be and being mad old school and kind of going, yo, you know, you guys got to understand or something. It's just about going, Hey, well, don't forget, you know, it's all one culture, but, but, um, yeah. So, so yeah, there, there is that fragmentation, but also a, a huge step forward in skills and, and, um, people doing it and, and also about just the internet. It's a huge change you know, that worldwide connection. Yeah. I guess you can, um, it's like you can be jack of all trades um, or the master of one. And so even though it's kind of fragmented, people have really honed in on very particular elements of hip hop. And it's become uh, more been- like even the battle scene, like B- comps like BC1 or whatever it is, it's become a little bit more individualistic. And that's been a change as well. I mean, globally, just across the board for everyone, it's kind of become a bit more individualistic, whereas before maybe it was about joining a crew and battling with that crew. So there's those little changes as well. And and people want to win win the comp, you know? <laughs> so, so they're trying to, trying to win the individual comp maybe more than the crew comp. And so you've kind of seen the fall a little bit of crews. Yeah, I think even even culturally, I guess, you know, that that move away from you know the family and the community unit towards the individual so yeah that would be reflected in dance too um so alice i'd like to ask you about uh what you do with dsda inc because um you've been focused on educating and inspiring young people through dance for years now and that's a goal that we share here uh formidables so i'd like to hear about the important work that you do there so um, with uh, DSDA is uh, is our non-for-profit. Um, it was founded by Joe Wan back in uh, 2014. And I've kind of just been on the board for, yeah, since then. It started off just us kind of organizing um, events and workshops and stuff and getting um, internationals into Australia and getting them to share um, their, you know, their knowledge and their um, style of dance as well. So it started off just being very small and, 
um, really helping Destructive Steps, the street dance festival that we run every year. And just getting as many people as we can to just share that knowledge. Over the years, we've kind of just like uh, focused on little smaller, smaller events. So like say each each event is like focused on like a specific style, a specific community. Like we have hip hop showdown just for the hip hoppers, whack your way for the whackers. Like it's more so just catering to um, the community and the needs of the community there. Because um, yeah, each of the communities, it's always different. You've got your different leaders in there. You've got your kind of different flavor and how they like things as well. So it's more so just coming in and um, yeah, giving them a hand to um, really express themselves and give them a platform um, to do what it is they want to do as well. And uh, yeah, just more so just working working closely with them. I think that's an important part because you know we you know I'll I'll come from like a hip hop um, freestyle perspective, but I might not know their mindset of it. And so it's just amplifying that and uh, giving them the tools that they need to, you know, help run their own events and, you know, eventually give back um, themselves as well. So, yeah, a lot of events, a lot of workshops for internationals and, yeah, just overall good good stuff. I'd love to hear about <laughs> any particular success stories you've had with certain dancers or, or organizations. Mm, um, so a couple of things that we uh, we work closely with some um, councils as well to throw uh, events. And so one of the ones that we uh, recently just had is called uh, Innovation. And so that's like a huge 808 uh, crew battle. We invite kind of like eight crews that are like up and coming or quite established as well. And, you know, it's very, um, as Nick said, it's very rare for to have crew battles um, these days because it's so individualistic. So that was kind of our reaction um, to what is happening. So we wanted to bring back all oh, the crews, the families, you know, that whole community vibe. And then um, having that battle and then having um Oshila, which is a female popping crew uh win two times in a row um Oshila Oshila and, and friends and a friend yes and annie as well so that was just like really cool to see them really perform and like shine out of like the whole entire competition you know hip-hop being a very um male dominated space and having these female crews just come in and um each of them you know they might not necessarily be the top or the best but in terms of them just working together and you know getting their routine together and having that uh that vibe um yeah and just outshine everyone was like really nice to see yeah yeah i'm sure it would have been really brave too to really uh go in and give everything you've got in that space and to feel welcome there um so jack you're not the first kind of successful artist that i've seen who's come from uh the Newtown school of the performing arts so I wanted to ask you, how important do you think going to a creative school is for up-and-coming artists? Is it necessary? Did it really help you? Or I'd love to hear um, about your experience. Well, look, I, I think it helped me a lot, but I can't speak. I mean, there's so many great, amazing artists that have come from schools that aren't just creative schools. Uh, it was just a blessing that we happened to live close by in the area, so my local, my local school was... Newtown High School of the Performing Arts. So within that, it was good to be able to do a lot of drama, which is what I really focused on. I didn't do dance at school. So the only dance I did at school was with the guys who were breaking in the classrooms or at the hall or outside. Um, so that was a blessing because they showed me like more things because there were very creative kids there who knew more than me, basically. Um, but in terms of the facilities, yeah, they had a great studio theatre. They've got great music rooms, great dance rooms. 
and great teachers, but in terms of dance, I don't think it was the best because they only focused on, you know, one or two things and it really didn't help me. So if I if I went and used the dance room was only for lunch times when they weren't using it and I would practice popping. So thank you, Newtown, for letting me use the dance studio to practice popping. But in terms of dance, otherwise, it didn't really help. But it was very creative and they pushed the performing arts. I had a lot of great experiences with performing on stage through acting, but not through dance. But I honestly think I've taught at other schools now, like over the years, that aren't like performing arts or creative schools. And they have great, just as great teachers, teachers who are just as passionate um, everywhere, you know, and kids that are just as wanting to make it as well. So it doesn't really matter the environment you're in, but obviously because it is a performing arts school, it did, it did help. And even just getting on a stage and realizing you like that feeling and, and that you can do that and, and be encouraged doing that. That's a really cool experience. And you're right. We are seeing that, that creative, that culture of creative excellence spread across all schools. And um, I'm sure that the next generation, we're going to reap a lot of really, really great artists because of that. So, uh, Nick, I came across um, some articles that spoke about your collaboration with remote Indigenous communities. Uh, I'd love to hear how that came about and what kind of um, fruits came of that labour. I'd love to hear about the positive outcomes of that. Ah, yeah, cool. That was a really amazing experience. I got through a company called Tracks Dance, who's a dance company in Darwin. And um, how it came about is I was teaching at a dance festival in Bellingen called Stamping Ground and this crew from Darwin called SIK came down and I taught them breaking. And then Trax had a youth arm to their company and they, they do youth youth dance shows and they asked who they wanted to work with and they said me. And so they, they flew me up to kind of make a show with those young guys. Um, and then they invited me to, to go to Lajamanu, which they had been working in for 20 years. So Lajamanu is a remote community in the Tatamai Desert. It's a, Walp- a Walpuri country, it's a Walpuri tribe. And um, yeah, it was the most, I remember I'd been traveling a bit, just sort of um, backpacking a little bit during that time. And then I went to Lajamanu and it was like the most foreign place I'd ever, I'd ever been to. And it was a real eye-opener. You know, people didn't speak English, they were speaking Walpuri and... Um, you know, it was just a whole new experience. Um, yeah, but um, I, I worked there for 10 years, maybe more. And um, I did um, uh, what they called the Milpre Project there. And that was a, a big project that happened. It was a biannual festival. We, we went twice a year, every year for about six weeks each time. And so my job was teaching in the school and to the uninitiated youth because um, to actually dance in the in the traditional thing you have to go through initiation ceremonies and a bunch of ceremonies which usually you only you can it it takes till you're about 20 to go through all those ceremonies to be allowed to dance so so i would teach them breaking but i would liaise with the elders about the dreamings that they were trying to uh that that they wanted me to kind of impart in some way in in the choreography so I'd, i'd work with them so that was a huge experience and i guess um going there with tracks who had such a deep connection with the community getting rather than kind of i've gone to other remote communities where i've just sort of flown in done a school holiday workshop and flown back out but to have a decade-long connection and really working with the elders and with the young people to create choreography was a really fantastic experience i mean one of the great things is we went down to where um the australian dance awards invited the a little piece that i'd choreographed with 
some of the teenagers there. We went down and we, we performed there at the Australian Dance Awards at, um, at Melbourne Arts Centre, the biggest theatre in Australia. It was packed. We performed, I think, after Bangara and before the Australian Ballet. Like these, you know, like eight teenagers from the desert came out and, and rocked a show. So that was really amazing. And just doing the Milpre performances themselves, you know, it was a, a SBS did a big documentary on it and it was just a really incredible experience over over that decade. Personally and choreographically, it changed me a lot because I started to think about, all right, well, I'm a white fella from Toowoomba. Like, what's my culture? What are my dreamings? What what What, what is that? And then I started realizing, oh, I have a culture. I have a community. We have rituals, you know, and, and kind of started distilling that learning into, into like my hip hop culture and thinking about the rituals. And I started to think, ah, oh, so our ritual is the cipher because in a cipher, no one gets paid to be in a cipher. And it's not like a public thing where there's a whole bunch of like grandstand people watching a cipher. It's just for the community. And it is a ritual. I mean, it, it takes bravery to, to, to push to the edge of that cipher and be vulnerable and then to go in there in front of your peers. And there's a lot of language and, um, you know, gestures and all sorts of things that are going on in the cipher. Scores are settled or, you know, unity happens or, you know, rivalry happens and all these things that happen in rituals, you know, goes through. So that gave me the idea to, to create my first independent work, which was Cypher and, and to kind of look at it more as a hip hop ritual. And, and so, yeah, I, I created that work and, and, and um, that was my first one and kind of, um, yeah, my, my independent practice led on from there. So, so that was sort of one of the, the, the strong outcomes for me personally in my work, but just um, it's, it's a project that I kind of feel influenced me the most and I learned the most from. Yeah, I think it's just a testament to hip hop as as the great uniter. Um, that's really really good to hear. So, Jack, I'd like to ask you which piece of art that you've created is closest and dearest to your heart. Which one meant the most to you? Oh, it's a tough one. Um, look, I, I really enjoyed a performance that we did like many years back when one of the guys in my crew, Jiggy Jaya, was kind of just getting into the crew and he was only about eight or nine or something. And then we're all in like suits and we all dressed up and it was kind of the old generation with the really new generation. So it was me, like Albie, Adam and Keanu and Jaya. So it was like the old generation, the middle generation, the newer generation all together. We all dressed up and we did a really dope show. And yeah, that's probably the one. But yeah, so many so many shows and performances and stuff that are even busking. Like I've had some awesome times busking with Jaya or just with other people on that King street in Newtown or at Glebe markets and just being like, okay, let's do it. And that, that's been a good time as well. Yeah. What do you think made that one special having the older generation, the younger generation? Um, what made that one memorable? It was halfway cause I knew it might not happen again which I don't think it has happened again. So when, when we did it, I was like, okay, I really wanted to soak it in. The fact that we're all here together and like we're all dressed up for it and we made it happen. Because a lot of times, you know, we get older and then someone goes this way and that way and whatever. So I think having us all together and plus like an eight-year-old with like a 32-year-old and like a 25-year-old and a 19-year-old, we're all together and we're all doing it. That was really memorable and... um. Yeah, it was funny just working, even working together, you know, like teaching Jaya, who's like nine years old, to do these moves and then someone who's older do the younger person's moves or whatever. But it was wow, cool. Yeah. yeah, 
And it's not always about the, the the next big or different opportunity or show. It's just about really soaking in each experience as a unique uh, and very awesome creative experience. I mean, there's a lot of mystery and wonder in, in what happens when you uh, put out a piece of art and it connects. Um, and it's really important to soak in that, that sense of wonder. So, Alice, um, I'd like to ask... Which spaces have you been made to feel most welcome as a B-girl in Sydney? Just in case we have some dancers at home who'd like some really uh, welcoming spaces to start dancing in. Mm. Uh, well, uh, first and foremost, um, I'm more so a hip-hop uh, freestyler. Okay. B-girl is like a totally different realm. My bad, sir. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Um, props to Raygun to raising the B-girl community at the moment as well. They've got like 14 plus, so good on her. Um, currently, I think one of the most welcoming spaces is like ICC. So that's like uh, we dub it like the Dancers Lane. You can find it on Google Maps called Dancers Lane now. Someone did that. And it's pretty much just an open space where people can just come in, dance, have a jam, you know, grab your friends and find a little spot for yourself and just kind of go for it. it yeah, it's very community. Um, there's always been spaces around Sydney and other places as well where dancers have kind of just like owned it in a sense and i think the um both len lease and darling harbor uh respect that we are in that space and have you know put up like a couple of uh, mirrors and stuff there as well um to show that oh you guys are welcome here to you know use the space too so i think um yeah icc is a really big space um that you just come in i know sometimes it might look very intimidating um for other people to come in and just like oh wow there's a lot of amazing dancers but you know everyone's there to just you know have fun, learn something, and, you know, share everything with their friends. So, yeah, ICC is the place to be. Sounds like an awesome place to be. Um, and so uh, for a lot of artists, um, taking their art statewide and then international is a really big goal. And even amongst taking your art internationally, going to Paris is a really uh, exciting prospect. And so... Nick, I'd like to ask you about what that residency in Paris was like. Finding out about it and actually going through with it, what was that like? Um, it was awesome. I I I feel like I um, at the time I was working a lot with Tracks Dance and then also another company called Stalker. So I was I was being contracted to make work for companies, and um, I felt like I needed to kind of discover my own voice. And um, there was no actual hip hop choreographers in Australia that were taking it into that theatrical realm. So I had good mentors in um, in companies and people who made sort of contemporary work, but I needed to to learn from people from my culture. So, so that was kind of why I applied. And um, and Paris is kind of the epicenter for hip hop. So when I went over there, I was just blown away because you know, like in Australia, if we have a really good jam, it's like a thousand people turn out. That's like killer. So the first thing I went to, I went to this jam called just a boo and it was at like the bercy arena which is where the rolling stones play there was like fifteen thousand people there to see a battle i think the like one of the judges came in on a harley and the other one like abseil from the roof or something and so it was just this enormous thing man and i was like wow it was on such a level but then like the next day also i went to um a, kind of the antithesis of this huge stadium thing which was called just for rockers and they didn't want any audience it was just you know, 300 of 
of the best b-boys and b-girls from around Europe jamming and it was just all ciphers all these different ciphers some were like more celebratory feeling the music some were like more battles settling scores some were just yeah so it was so it was interesting that you could see that spectrum of the community and that kind of reaction to that and then beyond that um there was just so many companies making work so there's a lot that that seemed really evolved and and so on so I got to see a lot of work I got to go to Breakin Convention, which is a, a big um, festival that John Z D puts on in um, in London. I got to go to Autension, which is a, a big um, festival in in Paris. I got to go to a, a bunch of different things, and also get to see other choreographers working. I got mentored by a woman named Anne Nguyen, who's a B girl. She's won Battle of the Year, but she also has made six full length shows, and so I got to kind of observe and learn from her and talk to her about her process. Um, and there, from all that, I kind of, um, kind of helped me realize that I don't want to do anything like anyone else is doing, but I know what I want to do now. And so, um, and so through that experience and having that time, like it's really hard when you're a working artist and, and, and you're just, just trying to make ends meet, um, to get enough time to kind of sit and consider and find a way forward because you're just reacting on the run and doing gigs and running from one thing to the next. So to get that time just to be there to learn and and um, and and kind of consider what's happened for me and my practice and how I want to take it forward was was super beneficial. And to be in a city like Paris um, for three four months was pretty was pretty special. And and I and I, and I made the most of the opportunity. I, I really went worked hard to to learn and and connect with a lot of people and. Yeah, and, and I mean, the benefits of that are still going. I just, um, uh, well, at 2020, I, I premiered a big show called Two Crews, which was with a all-female crew called Lady Rocks and, and a crew from, from Sydney called Rhythm Nation. And, and that was an, another connection that I, that I found during that, during that residency in 2012. So, so, yeah, I feel like those kind of lines going back, to, back and forth between Paris and Australia are still, are still happening. Yeah, I think we've, uh, we've not only seen... Uh, like Sydney to the world lately we've also seen western Sydney to the world with a lot of the uh, the rap that's kind of finally made it international and that's really really great to see because there's always been so much thriving talent um, in western Sydney and now not only does Australia recognize it but the whole world does so I'd love to hear about um, what western Sydney represents for you as a unique um, space for hip-hop what makes it different from the rest of Sydney and the rest of Australia? Oh, I'll go yeah. first. Because <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm kind of born and raised um, in the Bankstown area. I think a lot of us at, uh, have kind of gone through a lot in that space and everyone's kind of looked down uh, upon us for such a long time. You know, having like, you know, going through all these adversities and, you know, a lot of us coming from uh, immigrant uh, families too. It's just we've... I feel like we've had a lot more hurdles kind of thrown our way more so than anybody else. And as well as like, you know, the councils and government kind of not really, you know, going our way or helping us in any sort of way. So I think, you know, a lot of us can identify with that, like all the obstacles that come our way. And then we've, you know, you know, through that struggle, we've kind of had like a stronger community and stronger bond between each and every one of us to kind of really rise up and really do our best. And I think you can see that in, yeah, your your rappers, your poets, you know, a lot of the hip-hop dancers as well. There's a really, there's a difference in terms of the way we present ourselves. And it come kind of comes across a little bit more, a little bit more raw uh, than, you know, kind of other uh, dancers from other places as well. So I think, 
yeah, Western Sydney is like, you know, you, you can tell if some you can go to a jam, you can tell where someone's from, just the way they dance and how they present themselves as well. And you're like, ah, I know you, I see you as well, kind of thing. So I, I think it's like, it's really great to see. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of really good community groups coming out in Western Sydney right now as well, you know. Yeah, like Open Source, Periari, like you've got these, you know, places and people that are coming together and like really showcasing um, Western Sydney artists, you know, in their kind of most purest form as well, you know. Um, yeah, Western Sydney on the come up, yeah. <laughs> is, that a, is that a point to me, Nick? <laughs> okay, you cool. got, more, you well, got look, more authority than me, bro. <laughs> well, I, look, I, I told you so many times, Nick, I'm not from Western Sydney. Um, come on, in, in a West, in a West. In a Western Sydney, represent. <laughs> So look, uh, my perspective from inner Western Sydney of the people from Western Sydney is dope, super good work ethic, uh, very resilient and, you know, they work hard. So the big impact that Western Sydney's had on me is when I went to Bankstown like every week to train at Bankstown PCYC to get ready for a comp called Lose Control. So going there was awesome because I used to go to Marrickville Youth Resource Centre, so MYRC every Tuesday and be with like Rangi and uh, Mystery and be with those guys and practice there. And then going to Bankstown, I was like, oh, dope. this is another awesome spot where people can come train, practice and work hard and just make friends. And, you know, there's been awesome comps and dancers who will come from Western Sydney who, like Alice said, yeah, represent hard and, you know, just don't, don't take no for an answer. Like they keep working, pushing hard. Like I remember going in early high school days, maybe like year eight or year nine, coming from Newtown, just jumping on the train, like, let's go to Parramatta, there's a comp here, we have no idea what's going on, but we just rocked up and there's just people everywhere dancing and I was like, oh, this is this is awesome. So big thanks, Western Sydney, for representing. Over to you, Nick. Yeah, Western Sydney is like Australia's hip-hop nursery, you know what I mean? Like so many of the dopest crews and um, um, music acts and everything are from Western Sydney. For me, I'm from Queensland, which is, um, you know, like a little hard to take this morning after last night's origin but you know <laughs> sorry man. sorry we had to do it too <laughs> but um uh yeah i mean i uh being in queensland i remember getting this tape from this crew deaf wish cast and like the first thing on that tape like i don't know it was like 93 or something was like west side west side and it was all about coming out of western sydney they're from mount druid and penrith and so that was my first introduction to australian hip-hop was hearing this crew from western sydney and then of course following that i mean you know like some of the, the dopest breaking crews just talking about my style of dance from from western sydney you know like um hybrid forms skb it's just like so, so many that come out of there and uh trickatrons and all that mob you know and or you know like um paramount pcyc was always like a really strong training ground for for breakers um yeah i feel like it's just where hip-hop lives in sydney you know there ain't a lot of crews coming out of the north shore it's um pretty much <laughs> western sydney's where it's at so so yeah that, that that's my experience is the first thing is straight out of western sydney for deaf wish cast and from there it's just kind of opened out um, and, and kept on representing. So good to hear that that uh, that talent, creativity, and grind uh, that belongs to Western Sydney is visible beyond it too, because everyone in Western Sydney knows. But it's awesome that now the world knows. And um, big shout out to to organisations specifically like PCYC and Street Uni, because they've they've been instrumental in providing a space for those younger artists to really thrive and, and a safe place to where they're 
they're engaging in productive creative work um, and I know that that's changed the destinies of you know countless young people so we, we are really indebted to those organizations so probably your final question we always like to end on this one um, if you could give any up-and-coming or even um, aspiring artists from Western Sydney one piece of advice maybe something that it took you a, a lot of time and, and struggle to learn, what would it be? Um, I, I might just kick it off. I mean, for me, like um, as, I, as I get a little bit older, I guess um, for me, the community is becoming so more and more important to me. It used to be about like, I want to win battles. I want to smoke b-boys you know like um, and that was like my main focus when I was coming up and I guess you got to have that competitive drive and that want to do it but it's really important to um, to connect with the community and I think that's really what will instill in you the, the want to keep going you know friendships and you know even rivalries but that that community is is I, I feel like um, what hip-hop is um, hip-hop's foundation and I think that that it's a really um, a community that that really embraces and inspires and and um and supports you know each member of it so so that would be my advice is about just um connecting with the community and 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 contributing in that way whether it's just um rocking up to to the jams and and representing um in the battles or or or, or however you want to contribute but it's a it's a community with open arms you know for for me like as I get older um it's like I've kind of dabbled in a lot of things a lot of dance styles a lot of you know different career paths as well and you know throughout it I was always kind of lost into what I was going to do or what you know where I'm going to take everything and so it's like nowadays I'm a little bit more clearer on you know where I'm going and the kind of goals that I want to achieve but it kind of took me a long time to find that so for me it's like kind of just enjoying the process of um, everything that you're going through, like whether oh you, you you enter a crew that might have not worked out, or you learn from this person, or you end up not liking their style, or you go to someone else. I think that all kind of accumulates into the person and the artist that you are becoming, and you might not see where that's going at the moment, but just rest assured that you know everything that you learn will eventually come back to you and you know help you along the way. For sure. Yeah. Trust the process. Enjoy the process. Awesome. Yes. Jack? Yeah, for sure. I'm 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 with Nick and Alice hundred percent. Yeah, just enjoy the process and yeah, take it as it comes. And um I just wanna say uh big respect to both of you, Alice and Nick, um, for everything Alice that you've done with DSDA. Thank you for doing that because you know it's great that you stepped up and you're keeping events going and um the whole community really appreciates that for sure. And Nick, everything that you've provided for Rhythm Nation, obviously um Lady Rocks in France, giving them that opportunity to collaborate as well and everything you did with cypher that was an amazing show as well and hopefully we can see many more of your works in the future so yeah very inspired by both of you so all the younger artists you know check out the the events and the shows that these two run and and i run popping nation so come check out popping nation too <laughs> but there's lots of things happening now and you know it's just so great sydney's such an awesome city and um yeah we have so much to offer here so get out there and enjoy it travel new south wales <laughs> yeah what a way to what a way to end so this has been jack wadana alice tov and nick powers uh and keep stay creative and stay hungry so take care
You've been listening to Formidables, a podcast series commissioned and produced by Form Dance Projects. We thank Riverside Theatres, Diversity Arts and Information Cultural Exchange for their partnership, and we thank the Crown Resort, the Packer Foundation, and Create New South Wales for making this possible. I hope you all feel inspired and excited. Stay creative and stay tuned.